to track or not to track? What are the pros and cons to tracking your nutrition with regard to your dietary and nutritional success? Well, while we know it's never all about the food, there are some upsides and potential downsides to tracking. We get people to push back on us all the time about this. There's some debate around whether that's a healthy practice or not. We're going to talk about those things, those questions, those concerns, and try to give you some strategies for success. One of the programs we have here for your nutrition success is our Fuel You program. It's a self-guided program to help you find the framework for your personal nutrition success. The program is jam-packed with educational and tutorial videos. We have a workbook for each participant, also some reading and some action worksheets to help program your own nutrition for yourself. If you're interested in taking a look at Fuel You, you might check out rdfueluu.com. That's rdfueluu.com. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I don't want to put too much pressure on you, man. So we're <laughs> jumping into today. It's I'm already good. wearing a V-neck. I'm already putting myself out there like <laughs> <I know>. that. <laughs> the V-neck. Yeah, you don't see too many men in V-necks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm already like. I don't know. You're doing it should okay. Should maybe flex, it's the Hollywood in you. Should I flex my? Yeah, you, up my you're doing okay pecs. with that. Do I do enough incline work? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. That purple shirt the other day looked pretty good. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I kept that in mind. That's the thing. You compliment a man one time. I'm like, this is my favorite shirt now. <laughs> so funny you should say that. I complimented a dude yesterday in here and like, it was about 30 minutes later, I saw him outside the gym. He's like, dude, I just want to tell you, you totally made my day. And I was like, well, good, man. I'm glad. I was being sincere. He'll remember like, that comment for, yeah, yeah a compliment was, for the next nine years. Yeah. The guy's been working his ass off, you know, here and he's been really putting it together. He's been very consistent. Uh, it, it is a new, it's new for him, which is always, there's kind of always the best people to work with in my mind as a coach, because if you can get them consistent and get them just a little bit fired up, uh, and get them through that first month, six weeks, and they start to see that stuff appear, you know, like that they get to, I guess, enjoy the fruits of their labor and mm-hmm. somebody else is commenting. And when they come unsolicited, yeah. Uh, man, you can get a lot of mileage with that. Okay. Yeah, this is working. Especially with the dudes, it's working. At the same time, if I really want to fuck with somebody, particularly a coach out there, I'll just be, "Hey, dude, you okay? You losing weight?" Oh and yeah, they're just oh, yeah. It's it's the worst yeah. thing to say. It to just a man. messes them up so you're, bad. You're looking lean, man. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like you want to cut? You want to yeah. cut? Like, it's like mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, so it's like the again the consistency thing. Just you know, it's. It's really, it's really paying off for a lot of our people around here. We were just talking the other day just on the nutrition side of things and really how that business for us uh, has really taken off with having Steven on board uh, and uh, some of the things that we've been doing. I just think people, particularly on the nutrition side, we've talked about how that barrier of entry is a little tougher for people to get into. And they really almost need to be persuaded at some level to get involved with nutrition coaching. As much as they know they need it or that they could get value from it, there's always question. And I think a lot of the question lies in, well, I only have me to blame if this doesn't work out. Like I really like I'm getting coached, but it's not a reps and sets thing. This is, I mean, you could, you could look at it that way, I guess, in terms of reps and sets with your nutrition, but it's really about like anything that happens here, I'm. I'm fully responsible for. Yeah, the coach isn't there at your house or at the restaurant with you. 
there's mm-hmm. a lot more responsibility on the client end. Yeah, I, you know, and I've been through this, and I think so. People kind of just looking, looking. I've been through it as a coach, and I've been through it as a client. In fact, that's how I started in this business. I started as a nutrition client, uh, and then moved into coaching. That's that was my my start in this, and and I remember wanting to soak up all the knowledge. I was a different, I was a different person then, and I had different goals than a lot of people do. Mine was very competition based. It was very sport specific to bodybuilding. At the time, I was a young guy. I was like 22 years old. And, you know, I wanted, I'd read voraciously everything I could possibly read. Things are a little different than in terms of the availability of information and where you got it from, more particularly how you got it. There were no interwebs to, that had, you know, this easy, you know, point and click type of stuff. You, you had to do a little work. So uh, in, inside that, though, I guess here's my point. My point is, is like, as people are like finally maybe making the decision now, I think that it just has a lot to do with there's a built, you built a little bit more trust, right? We built a little bit more, uh, maybe authority and just trust. And like, we're, tr- we're just trying to suggest some things, guys. Like there is no, we're not doing this one way. Like it, it, there is no one size fits all to any of this. And I hope that's what people get when they listen to the shows. Like we, we get that. We understand that there are frameworks that you can work with and that work for most people, not everybody, but they work for a good majority of the people when we take into consideration certain factors. And I think the nuance that happens in there is really what people are starting to get now. And they're, we're starting to see some pretty great things out on the fitness floor and particularly with the nutrition coaching. I know you've got a pretty full book now. And we were just talking the other day, like again, going back to this guy who's been, been consistent uh, with regard to his, his workout programs. And he's been working with Marcus a lot. And Marcus is very, <laughs> he is, he is very analytical right? And in the best kind of way as a coach, everything is recorded. He's very much keeping track of what those workouts look like. Uh, there is a plan of action with flexibility programmed into it based on all, all, all kinds of variables. But the, 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 the takeaway here is, is like the, there's a, there's a very specific plan and there's a tracking mechanism to make sure we're making adjustments, you know, uh, we twist this dial, toggle this switch. We're trying to get a little bit here. Oh, this was a little bit tough. Oh, we need a little bit more recovery. Okay, we'll we'll switch this up. That's the art and the business of of coaching when it comes to like fitness training. It's the same for nutrition coaching. And the the challenges there are is all that stuff happens outside the gym, yeah. uh, not in front of the coach. Mm-hmm. So you know go back to the Marcus situation, Marcus can look at his client and know exactly what's going he's get, or going on. He can get feedback. He can take notes. He can get feedback uh, to make adjustments for the next time and give very specific things to do maybe for homework. But in nutrition coaching, it's much different. We're sitting really on the other end of a phone or a screen, or maybe it's on a couch or, you know, at a chair or desk or whatever. And we're really dependent on getting some recall from the person that's there and trying to put the pieces together and help guide the situation. And so what, what comes up a lot of times is like, we really need you to track this stuff. And so the, really, I think the topic for today is really is like to track or not to track when it comes to your nutrition, because that brings up all kinds of stuff for people. I think the accountability piece is probably what, what uh, creates the most amount of resistance. Uh, but there's also like an effort in a work piece. Like, ugh, I just don't want to, I don't really want to do that. Uh, versus again, in that other situation, the coach is doing a good deal of that. You just got to show up mm-hmm. and just do the work, do what you're told. Mm-hmm. This one's a little different. So again, when we t- start asking people to track or not track food, that's what I really wanted to talk about today because I think the general overall, again, no, no one size fits all is I think some people should probably be tracking more 
And there's people that could probably be tracking a little bit less. But anyway, I'll, I'll shut up and kind of turn it over here and just kind of get your feedback or your guys' thoughts on food tracking, mm-hmm. right? As it, res- as it relates to achieving nutrition or dietary success. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I could say that I have, I've reversed my course a little bit or kind of changed the way I've looked at tracking from when I first got started um, coaching. Uh, I initially was not a huge fan of it because I thought that it was going to create like neuroses in people. I thought it was something that was going to get very low compliance. I wasn't really, I didn't have much faith that people were actually going to do it. And if they did do it, they were going to be doing it out of like this, like obligation, like I'm assigned this, but I really don't want to do this. This Mm -hmm. is a pain in the ass. Um, and, and that's just like not a good place to be in, in the coach client relationship is I'm just doing this because I'm being told, um, that really doesn't lend itself to long-term compliance and, and any kind of sustainability. Um, but, um, when I came on board here and it was basically, you know, uh, uh, assigned to me like, Hey, this is our process here. Um, and I actually started working with people and, uh, and getting feedback from them as far as tracking, I think I was able to see it a little bit differently. And now I see it much differently. Um, I think it, it can become a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. for people and it can become something that they feel is a burden and a chore. Um, but if it is framed properly from the get go as to why we're doing this and let me explain, let me, I'm not just going to tell you track your meals Mm -hmm. because I'm watching and I'm going to, you know, bust your ass if, you know, you're, hundred calories over. Um, it's less about oversight and more about an awareness or mindfulness practice Mm -hmm. from the clients. And that's what I try to explain from the beginning. Like, Hey, you know what? I understand that this is not something that you want to do for, you know, an extended period of time or indefinitely. And I don't want you to do it indefinitely either. Um, but for most people, they really have very little idea of what their intake actually looks like. And a lot of times recall, you mentioned recall is, is terrible. Um, people are very selective in what they recall. And that makes it very difficult for me to course correct when I really don't have anything to go off of other than, Oh yeah, I eat pretty good. Yeah. I had a salad the other day and, uh, yeah, protein. Yeah. I'm getting it in. Um, it's just, yeah, it's very vague. Um, it really doesn't give me anything to, uh, you know, make strategic recommendations from. Um, so, uh, that, that data piece is important. Um, and, but the more important is how it's framed from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I'm getting started with someone and I say, okay, you know what, I'm going to ask you to, to track what you're consuming and, you know, you immediately for some people get like uh, really, resistance, uh, yeah. eye roll, you know, uh, do I really have to, uh, I've tried that before and it wasn't, you know, I don't know how to do it or, you know, you, you get all of the resistance. Um, but what I try to impress upon them is this, I don't expect this to be perfect. In fact, I completely expect it to not be perfect. Um, and so just from, from the beginning, I, set that expectation. Like, Hey, I'm not going to come in and, and, and jump your, you know, jump you because yeah, take some of the pressure off and remind them that, you know, this is primarily for you to build some awareness and from some mindfulness around what you're consuming. And even if you are, you know, in the first few weeks, just kind of feeling out, uh, you know, feeling out the process, 
kind of, it's, it's a little cumbersome for you. You're a little like, eh, oh yeah, I missed a meal here. Or, you know, I got busy that day. I didn't track, you know, that's okay. Um, and when I have framed it that way, like, Hey, you know, this is just, think of this as kind of like a journey of exploration for you so that you get a sense of portions so that you get a sense of, uh, you know, the, the caloric density of certain foods. So you get a sense of where you're actually ending up at the end of the day. Because everyone is like, yeah, I eat, I eat good. I eat, mm-hmm. I eat fine. Um, and then when they actually see the numbers, they're like, oh, wow, I was, you know, I'm under eating or I'm overeating this or I didn't realize, you know, I was having five handfuls of almonds and that was 400 calories mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, most of the feedback I get is actually quite positive and people are like, oh, yeah, you know what? This is like helping me understand my consumption much better. You know, you mentioned something the other day and that's just sort of the initial uh, frustration that, that, mm-hmm. that people find in that tracking process at the beginning of their nutrition journey. I, I, let me just put it this way. Uh, it's not even with the, without the tracking, they, they, they oftentimes run into frustration about the realities of their mm-hmm. situation. You know, if they haven't faced them that, like you just said, you asked 99% of people to go, yeah, I eat good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the reality of it is, is that is very broad and that is not specific at all and relative to whatever, right? There's, there's no... Relative to history, relative to how, you know, they grow up. And, their goals, like mm-hmm. all of those things. Mm-hmm. So there is no, like, this is healthy, this is not healthy. These are very, like, you know, uh, like ubiquitous terms. They can, they can kind of go a lot of different directions depending on what context we're talking about it in. So, uh, but the that as they come into their nutrition journey and they start to become more aware, that can often be met with, I think the way you put it, the phrase the other day was like a little bit of frustrated. There's a little bit of almost negativity that comes with that. Like you just said, like, holy shit, maybe like I have been eating 400 calories worth of almonds a day and not really realizing it. Fuck, I suck. You know, like mm-hmm. I thought I was better than that. Or does this mean I can't have almonds anymore? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's kind of like this yeah. extreme, like it's either it's a win or it's a loss. It's good or it's bad. It's healthy or it's unhealthy. Uh, and they're, there's, they're trying to draw these very uh, absolutes um, or absolute, I guess, lines mm-hmm. uh, without understanding that really the success in the dietary, your dietary success or success in sort of nutrition is knowing about the gray area and how to play within those areas that work the best for you. And that's the importance of tracking so that not only you, do you know maybe where your, your, your hard right and left uh, guideline or parameters are. You know, we have a very, here's where you could go all the way to the right. Here's where you could go all the way to the left. But more importantly for me is that you understand how to play in the middle because that is more reality. And without getting, you know, having these realizations or to your, your point, I guess the words you specifically used were the awareness and mindfulness around that. It makes it all, it almost makes it always this black and white thing. And that's, I think the thing that really creates that resistance for people to want to commit to something. And then, you know, as they're not understanding the gray area, and it's also the thing that drives them to latch onto something that's like done for you. You know, like the, it's already done versus the DIY. Like, oh, it's right there. It's in black and white. If I just do this, I lose 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Or if I just do this, I gain five pounds of muscle. And the reality of that is it's, that's, it doesn't work like that either. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's gray areas in that as well. And, but there, you know, I guess from an outside looking in, they're not looking at it that way. They're just like, just tell me what to do. Oh yeah. And, and I, I wish we could. But there's a lot more information we need to gather going back to the tracking. This will be 
not only does this put you in a more informed or aware position, it 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 puts me as the coach in the more informed and aware aware position, so that I can make more informed recommendations or point you in the more informed direction until we get to the next thing. Because again, there is no one size fits all. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's that's the downfall of yeah, that just tell me what to do is if I just tell you what to do, you're not going to build any type of intuition uh, around this. And that should be the the long-term goal of coaching is I want you to be able to do this without having to track. I want you to be able to do this without me around at all. We're trying to create long-term sustainability. And if you just, you know, are getting like, eat this for breakfast, eat this for lunch, eat this for dinner. And you're not thinking beyond just following the instructions. You're not building any kind of of intuition that you can use moving forward. And then when the black and white instructions are removed, you're lost. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, it's one extreme to the other. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck it. And you just throw up, they throw up their hands. It's like, well, I, you know, I was on the train, they call it the wagon, the train, Mm -hmm. whatever. And I just got way off the rails or off the tracks or whatever else. Do you even know what that means? What it, what are the rails? Because again, I never said like you had to do it perfectly. Rails are very specific. You can't get off either way. Otherwise you have catastrophic failure mm-hmm. right on a train. I didn't say that. It's more, think of it more as a highway with multiple lanes that you can be in, depending on what, where you may or may not be in your exercise plan seasonally, what's going on at work, what's going on in life. There are ways to, to drift in and out of the yeah. fast lane to the mm-hmm. slow lane and back through the middle. But ideally, you just need to know what lane you're in. If you can identify what lane you're in, then you can make adjustments to what speed should I be moving at and where where do I need to get off here and where do I need to get back on? How much traffic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much traffic am I dealing with? All of those things. So if you're overstimulated in the fast lane right now for whatever the reason is, or you find that you're not moving fast enough for the things that are happening around you, well, it's okay to change lanes versus getting off the quote unquote rails. Um, so yeah, you're building this, again, this awareness of, how to do it for yourself. That's a really important part. Uh, because again, people just, you, you just said like, tell me what to do. Uh, telling you what to do can be very helpful for people right off, right from the get go. Especially uh, if they're very overwhelmed, right? Exactly. So, and I think that's what they're looking for. Like, tell me what to do. Of course, we're going to give you some instruction, but that instruction is going to start with, I need you to tell me what you're doing. And part of that is this tracking piece. Yeah. So you said like you kind of shifted, you know, the important or where, how you kind of thought about that. And, and the, the most important piece is being able to frame it in a way that gets somebody on board. So, you know, if you're out there and you're, you're out, you're out there and you're really struggling with your nutrition or, you know, you can be doing better. And there's, there's things that you, if you think you can be doing better then that means there's room for improvement and you'll know the rooms, the, 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 uh, the pieces of where there is room for improvement when you put them out in front of you. Right. Because if it's just like this kind of uh, uh, ambiguous, like, uh, I should probably be drinking less and, you know, I, I should probably be eating a little bit more protein. Right. How much less? Right. Yeah. And, and how much more? Like, th- these are important factors. This is important shit in the big scheme of things. Because at the end of the day, depending on your goals, whether it's a performance goal or an aesthetic goal, as I want to lose some body fat, or if it's a longevity goal, I just want to make sure I'm, Maybe I'm I'm really concerned about my health, my blood markers, and I'm trying to lower my cholesterol and lower my blood pressure, and you know increase my micronutrient levels and things like that. The details are important, yeah. But 
But we, we can't even begin to go there until we have a little bit of history here, you know, and history from what'd you do? What were you doing in the last year to what the fuck did you do yesterday? Because that all of that adds up and it, and it all matters. So I think there's solutions for people. I think there's some good solutions that we can give people in terms of like, okay, how do I get my head, my head around this? And how do I make sense of this without getting overwhelmed? Because I think there's a lot of fear associated with tracking beyond just the resistance. Uh, well, I guess what I would say is maybe this, like, I think a lot of that resistance is rooted in fear. Mm. I think some of it's very legitimate. And I think some of it is maybe... Uh, blown out of proportion. A little blown out of proportion. Yeah. So like the legitimate pieces are, you know, like, oh, this is going to take me some more time and I'm mm-hmm. already pressed for time. And mm-hmm. so that time piece, yeah. the time thing always Feels comes like a up. Burden. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the beginning, you're probably going to have to figure out a way to carve out a little bit more time until you get used to the process. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like anything in life though, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you you have to commit to that just as, as much as you're trying to commit to your health, you have to commit to the time that it's going to take to get healthier. And one of those things is like, okay, I've got this new app in front of me or I'm j- literally handwriting and journaling it, whatever. I don't care how you do it. Uh, I just want you to do it, whatever you're going to feel comfortable with. I do care in the sense that I need details, but I don't care like the, the, medium that you do it on. So there's like apps, there's journals that people do um, that, that, that may write, I, you may write in. There's things as like specific. I think a really common one is my fitness pal. Yeah. Uh, most people know about that one. It's been around for a very long time. It's a very user-friendly app. It integrates with a lot of other things, including our, our, uh, our customized app that we have here at the gym with our online membership and our online personal training coaching programs uh, that, that basically upload whatever you're putting into the, in, into my fitness, Paul, into your, uh, your profile, your client profile for us so that we can see it all in kind of one place. And so can you too. So all your exercises there, uh, your activities, your, your, um, and, and, and your nutrition intake is there just makes it a little bit more convenient. And as long as you're not working with too many, and we did that because we didn't want you working with too many things. Like, mm-hmm. let's not put too many things on the, you know, on the yeah. proverbial plate. Yeah. Let's do kind of one thing at a time. So I think people freak out a little bit about the time commitment uh, of one, just putting it in there. But two, there's like, you got to measure food, yeah. you know, like you got to, you have to measure. We, there, there's, it's checks and balances here. It's just like your bank account. We've used that analogy before. Like there's deposits and withdrawals and you need to know how much you're putting in. You don't just go to the bank and go, I'm just giving you this money today. And they go, okay, well, is it cool if I put you down for a hundred bucks when you handed them 500 bucks? Uh, you're not going to be fucking okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, count it. Yeah. <laughs> right? right out in front of me, right? Like count it in front of me. I need to know what that is. I mean, that's a, maybe a simple analogy, but really that's what it's like. You can't tell me like, yeah, I think I got enough protein in. Well, how much did you get? Like there are things that we need to do. And, and, and as you do this over time, as you were saying, Cece, like you get more, you get used to, to what this is so that you don't have to track all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know what three ounces of this looks like exactly. a, a cup of that looks like, you mm-hmm. know, two tablespoons of this looks like, like the big yeah. one's like, do you really know what two tablespoons of peanut butter looks like? Yeah. You know, have you ever actually taken Measured it. a measuring spoon and yeah. done and looked at what two tables, not just like you, you take the butter knife and you stick it in there and you go, eh, maybe or a little bit more. Or even your tablespoon yeah. that you eat with versus a, yeah. a measured tablespoon. Much Completely different. different. Oh, I, we have, we have some, 
quote unquote tablespoons in our break room here oh, that are, are like massive. serving spoons back there. Like <laughs> it's a ladle. Yeah, it's like a ladle. So yeah, you, that's that's not an accurate way of measurement. However, if you took out your measuring spoon from your drawer and you compared it against what you could get on your regular spoon that you're probably using every day for preparing your meals and eating off of, then you can you can make that compare and contrast and then you know, or yeah. at least you're a lot closer than you were of just guesstimating it or, you know, eyeballing it. Yeah. And I think that's that's also something that I that I emphasize as well, because I think people, they get into tracking, they're like, well, this needs to be exact. I need to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I need to measure it down to the gram. I need to, you know, <laughs> measure it down to the ounce. And, and it's, you know, if, if, if I'm not doing it to that precision, then I'm doing it wrong. Uh, that's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, it, it, if you're 90% accurate. You're doing awesome. You're doing, yeah, you're doing well enough. You're doing really well. Uh, that's a really good. So again, so that leads into the, like, what's the resistance and the fear. I think there's a lot of anxiety that, that people hold with having to track their food and they've heard things or they see other people that have gotten into themselves into situations with their relationship with food, uh, or eating and exercise that to them seems and very well could be borderline unhealthy. And in some cases, very unhealthy. And everybody out there that there's not a person listening to this that doesn't know somebody that can relate to what I just said. Oh, I can relate a hundred percent. I remember being in college and thinking, you know, I had, I didn't have an eating, a diagnosed eating disorder, but I had disordered eating. What's the difference? So let's, let's talk about that. Like, so eating disorder versus disordered eating. So talk about that. An eating disorder is a diagnosed behavioral, um, I guess, relationship that people have with food. It's it's in the diagnostic statistical manual for mental disorders. So um, that's that's where a physician has diagnosed that you have um, an unhealthy relationship with food. So we're talking about anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa. We're talking about binge eating. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like your eating disorder. Disordered eating is, let's say, you know what, I'm going to live off of Mountain Dew and M&Ms, or I'm going to eat just nothing but low-fat food or non-fat foods. And and it's where you become very um, kind of compulsive about about that. So it's not technically a, a diagnosed eating disorder, but, you know, you've got disordered eating patterns. Neither mm-hmm. neither are quote-unquote healthy, Mm-mm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so like just because you, you're you haven't been diagnosed by a doctor as having, you know, one of these very specific things that located in the DSM, like you like you just mentioned, doesn't mean what you're practicing from a psychological and a physiological perspective is necessarily healthy. But I think these are things that people see from the outside. They know, like you just said, Mountain Dew and M&Ms, like any, any, anybody knows. I hesitate that because my, my faith in humanity, as I've said many times, can, is constantly tested on a daily basis. But there, are, everybody knows that eating a diet rich in Mountain Dew and M&Ms is not going to treat their health very well. Uh, and so, again, they look at, there's people from the outside looking in, looking at their friends, looking at their family members, or even looking at themselves with an anxiety or a fear of, like, if I go too deep into this cave mm-hmm. of managing my nutrition, right, and tracking things like how much of this am I putting in versus how much is I'm, am I not putting in that puts me in the category of, it could put me in the category of unhealthy compulsive, uh, and, uh, either disordered with, you know, disordered eating 
or bringing me into more of an eating disorder. Uh, keep in mind, like being being ri- being rigid with your diet and exercise program uh, is very different than being compulsive with your diet and exercise program. And what do I mean by that? I mean, if you have standards and you have this, you know, these right and left parameters that you're trying to stay within and you, you make compromises with specifically like, I'm not going to that social event because I need to work out, you know, or I, I'm going to, I don't want to miss my workout. Or I know that the food and the alcohol thing there is just not, it's just not my, in my lifestyle. I don't want to go. That is much different than somebody that's doing the, uh, something very different, which would be like, I am not eating anything because uh, I have to step on the scale tomorrow when I go to the gym. And if I put on a pound or I've lost a pound for that, for that matter, then uh, that takes me into like this deeper, like a viral emotional cave where I do more drastic things with my diet or my exercise or whatever else. Those are, those are different things. And, And I don't, I don't think it's hard for people to kind of understand what that is, but I do believe it's hard for people to see other people and they're in their mind. They're making a judgment call. Like, I don't know about that. Like this, this looks a little weird. And in today's day and age, when we're normalizing a lot of unhealthy mm-hmm. behaviors, uh, and, and I mean, clinically unhealthy behaviors, not these, these are the things that are located in the DSM. Like I'm not making this shit up. I'm not deciding what's healthy and what isn't healthy, uh, that are legit unhealthy behaviors. We're normalizing those things as okay. And we're, we're making that gray area very, very tough to see through. And there's also morality attached to it mm-hmm. that if I attack that, or if I say something about that, that that means my, 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 my integrity, the, the, my, my person is I'm compromising that and that I could be, I could be attacked for that. I now looked at it as a bad person because I've said that I'll say it right out loud right here. I have no problem saying it, that obesity is not a good thing. It's very unhealthy. It is. You can go through that DSM, excuse me, and you can see all the things that are related to obesity that are clinically unhealthy. So you know, I'm not saying that because you're obese, you're a bad person. Don't say that because I'm saying obesity is unhealthy that I'm a bad person. So these are the these are I think the the, the lines that people have a really tough time with when we ask them to to track. They're like, oh, that just sounds really obsessive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know, Stephen, we, we talked about this a little bit offline or have in the past, just about like some solutions there, how things are framed, how you put it together. What, what, what do you have for us on that? I mean, as far as alternatives to tracking or just kind of your perspective and approach on tracking? Both, I think, because I think yeah. that's what people really yeah. want to know. Like, cause you're not telling me you have to do this, mm-hmm. right? It's like, if you don't track then I'm not working with you. No, yeah. you're, we're not doing that. Like, again, that would be completely contradictory to what I've said three or four times now, which is, is like, there is no one size fits all. And we have a framework that we work within that, which means we have to have different solutions for these different people. Yeah. I mean, I guess one way as far as, again, taking some of the pressure off and not, uh, not positioning the tracking as the end all be all the way I usually go about it is, you know, we're going to have you know, as we go through our process together, we're going to have some objective measures of uh, progress and data, and then we're going to have some subjective measures of progress and data as well. So the tracking does provide us with a good objective, you know, if you want to call it black and white uh, data. And then, you know, here we also have, you know, our, our body composition scans. So we have that objective measure of progress as well. But that's not going to be our entire focus. I'm not just going to hammer you on your logs our entire session. Um, We're also going to talk about how are you feeling? How are your clothes fitting? How are you sleeping? How are your energy levels? How are you feeling during your workouts? Um, And I think that 
helps people find some encouragement if they feel a little, you know, uh, out of sorts with their logs or if they feel a little bit, uh, you know, like, eh, I was a little over my calories or I'm still under eating my protein or, you know, whatever the case may be. Tell people not get so down on themselves about that. You know, we know, uh, you know, have you noticed changes in the mirror? That's progress too. That's great too. Mm-hmm. That we, you're moving in the right direction. And I want to reinforce that that's also a measure of moving in the right direction. And this is not a who tracks best competition. Yeah. It's like, they're looking at it as like the scoreboard exactly. like the, and the, yeah. everything's about like, Oh God, I got to meet with my coach again and show him my scoreboard. And this is a loss. You've, mm-hmm. you've equated this as a loss because you underate your protein for three days or something yeah. like that. Like you're a total failure for that. Yeah. That is one component of the total score, whatever that yeah. is. And the total score should be your health. Yeah, exactly. It should be your health and your progress that you're making or not making. Yeah. And that's just feedback, not failure. That's always important to remember is, is okay. Um, you are under, you know, under consuming your protein for a few days. What can we do to bump that up a little bit? I'm not, you know, yeah, you're, you're not going to get taken to the woodshed because your <laughs> protein level, you know, your protein consumption is a little bit down, but I can observe that, you know, maybe this is a little bit challenging for you. Can you tell me, how are you feeling? Do you feel too full? Do you, what, what is the obstacle that you feel is leading to, you know, under consuming protein? I don't know what protein sources to, to get. I don't, you know, I'm not a big meat eater. What alternatives do I have? And then we talk about those things. So it's just, it's feedback. It's not, um, it's, it's not failure. You talked about the subjective versus the objective and the, like the, how are we feeling versus like how much protein did you eat? But for somebody that's maybe like a very resistant to this, you know, and, and when I say very resistant, they're just like, nope, I'm not, I'm not doing that because I've done that in the past and it, and it was bad for me in the mm-hmm. sense, like psychologically and emotionally, I was obsessed with this and this led me down a very dark mm-hmm. path. This is a reality. And I have mm-hmm. dealt with plenty of people that have had that. Okay. So what's the alternative? If we're not going to be collecting, you know, information that way, what do you suggest? How do you help clients through that? Uh, so, I mean, uh, the hand size portions, that's another technique that, that can be utilized. Um, the kind of basic guideline is the size of your palm is a serving of protein. The size of your thumb is a serving of fat. Uh, the size of your fist is a serving of vegetables. The size of a, a cupped palm is a serving of carbohydrates like grains, um, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So that can be a way to, you know, and then, you know, depending on the person, depending on their needs, you, um, you know, do I need two servings of protein, mm-hmm. two servings of vegetable, you know, you play around with the serving count there. So it's certainly not going to be as accurate, but for some people that may be a little bit easier for them to just, you know, I'm not super concerned with precision, but you know, this is a, a way that I can sort of still have an idea mm-hmm. And, and a framework, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a point of reference yeah. and it can be consistent. And consistency, mm-hmm. just like in most things, you know, uh, in this realm, consistency is extremely important. And so if we can just be consistent for a while, and again, there's transparency and honesty in how we're, we're, we're exchanging that information from client to, to coach, then we can make some adjustments, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of, all right, now it's a palm and a half of protein instead of, yeah. you know, instead of two palms. Full. And, and no, we're not saying like that palm is three ounces. You didn't hear Steven say that. It was that it was the serving for the person that's intact to that palm, <laughs> to that, to that palm right? So yes, I yeah, my palm is going to be bigger than Cece's palm. That's yeah. my, 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 uh, my, sorry, my serving versus her serving is different, but those are, mm-hmm. those are good ways for people to kind of wrap their head around. Okay. So I'm not having to, you know, 
do numbers and whatever else. Just, mm-hmm. I know this is how many servings I need to have per day. Yeah. Uh, and so did I eat my four to five palms of <laughs> a protein today? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm not, let's just be honest about it. I mean, you mm-hmm. can measure it in palms if that's what you want. Like I had four and I should have had five. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, okay, so we're down one palm short per day. How do we overcome that? I mean, people listen to that sounds like semantics. It is, but it isn't. It, it It's whatever helps a person get to, you know, the finish line, which is understanding what their formula for success is for them so that that can be sustainable for, sustainable for them. However we need to get there, that's what we should be doing. So, you know, the, but the, the, the point here is, is that if without some currency to, to talk about, right, again, the deposits and withdrawals, without something, we have really nothing to give you. And then we're just going off feelings mm-hmm. or thoughts. And all and yeah, those are very, those are important things. When we talk about like nutrition, fitness, success, health, success, things like that. I, I don't want to, I don't want to discount those, but if you are really committed to making, you know, impactful long-term change, sustainable change that you will now feel like you have some control over, I will tell you, if you're just playing in your head with thoughts and feelings, you have zero control. You will have zero control of this. I th- that is the other thing that I think people fear the most is they don't have control of it and they're not sure how to get their hands around it. And by putting them in control, again, it raises that level of accountability. And then they think that, okay, now I am in control and I should be doing these things. All of a sudden I should be, to your point, perfect. And this is my scoreboard and my score- scoreboard is telling me that I'm a loser. So it turns into this negative self-talk or this, you know, this, again, this uh, discouragement can, can kind of set in. But you mentioned this, the, the word compliance earlier and, mm-hmm. and also how you frame the, the, the topic of, of tracking and, and putting these things together. And, and, and I said, I think some people need to be tracking more and some people need to be tracking less. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. some people can be very obsessive, very compulsive to the point where it becomes like paralysis by analysis. There's mm-hmm. too much data, right? They spend more time doing that than they do doing the work, yeah. you know, in the, in the first place. Uh, but the I, I guess the the fear or anxiety component is, you know, listen, hey, my job is to help you find that right formula for you as the coach. Um, and I can only help you. I cannot do it for you. So you have to tell me how you're going to give me this information to help you because it is a two-way street. It is much different than fitness coaching in a lot of ways. Because with the fitness coaching, we know certain things apply to most people uh, you know, reps, sets, loads, uh, perceived rate of exertion, things like that will yield very specific results. It's just, it's studied over and over and over again. And, you know, there's, there's, you could do that with very little equipment, very little space and all those things. But when you look at nutrition, we're talking about belief systems. We're talking about culture. We're talking about availability of certain things. We're, we're talking about very much more intricate things with regard to like, maybe we're looking at like limitations from a mobility, flexibility, uh, joint or orthopedic issues on the exercise side, but go ahead and multiply that by about a hundred in terms of complexity when we start looking at nutrition. So it's even that much more important for you. And if you're working for, with a coach, for your coach to understand the very specific things that are in there, again, macronutrient levels, what am I taking in and how much, because at the end of the day, like whether you're trying to lose weight, gain weight, lose body fat, you know, put on muscle, whatever else, there's a calories in versus calories out component here. Uh, there is this thing that we call metabolic adaptation. It is very real. And if you don't know where you're starting, how do you know where you're going to? And how do you know when you've reached wherever you're supposed to reach? 
So there are, there are some hard data that needs to be collected there. So yeah. go, going back to like helping somebody that doesn't, you know, necessarily want to track numbers. Uh, yeah, you mentioned like, okay, well, here's some portion sizes that we can do. Is there anything else that kind of falls in line there? I mean, there can be, there can be food journaling that doesn't necessarily include portion sizes. I mean, that could be a place to begin, lead us to a place where I'm still kind of guessing, right. um, but at least I have an idea of food choices. Right. We can start there. Obviously, how much you're eating of certain foods is going to make a difference. Um, but, uh, but yeah, my, again, my experience with this is actually some people have taken to it. People that I did not think would take to it have actually taken to it and embraced it much more than I thought they would. Yeah. So. I think it's because they feel empowered. Yeah. You know, they're now they're, now they're in control at some level. Again, that can be a slippery slope for some people. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to sign off on people's bullshit with regard to like, well, I'm just going to not going to do it because it gives me anxiety. All right, well, we need to work through this because what gives you more anxiety? The, the, the high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or in, let's just say high blood pressure, out of line cholesterol, and you being overweight? Does that, does that give you, do those three things, do those metabolic markers give you more anxiety than tracking your food? <laughs> because I think we need to make some compare and contrast about what rea- what the realities are and what we might need to toughen up on a little bit and do some things. I am not I am not attacking people's psychological or emotional state about certain things. And they have history, they have things that they've dealt with in the past. I'm not attacking that at all. I'm just asking you to look at the reality. It's the same thing when you're looking at exercise. Like Hey, how many reps and sets do I need? Am I going to the gym today or am I not going to? How many days a week I'm going to do this? This nutrition thing is, that's the other part is it's, it's all the time. And so it can feel very overwhelming and kind of consume people at times. So again, when you ask them to track and they start to embrace it, it's just like, no, I feel fucking great about this. And by the way, if we're doing a good job as client and coach, results are coming. Mm-hmm. And so you start to get those wins. And once you start stacking those wins, uh, the, <laughs> it's sometimes it's tough to slow people down. Then it's like, we have to, a lot of times like, well, if I just take a few more calories out, Hey, oh yeah, that begins to happen yeah. as well. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Let's yeah. pump the brakes, pump the brakes. We're on a really good path right now. It's a good trajectory, right? Let's not worry about velocity right now. Let's get there. And so that's another thing that I think happens with, with, uh, with trackers, uh, is people can get a little bit, you know, it's like, well, if taking 250 calories out of my, my, um, my daily intake does this for me, shit, if I took, 500 or even 750. Yeah. It's going to happen twice as fast. Uh, that, that can also be a little bit of a, uh, again, that slippery slope of, of tracking oh, yeah. for people when they start to see that what we've been telling them about total caloric intake, you know, adjusting macros and things like that, how successful you can be when you do that and how successful you can be when you have that higher level of awareness, which is what we're trying to, trying to get them to do or, or, or uh, obtain, you know, in the process. Tools I've seen, like we mentioned my fitness pal for this. If you're looking to do that for super easy, it's a free app. Um, uh, I've seen this app Noom out there and I've heard people have good success on it. It's more of like a a psychology based app. I think going back to kind of what you were talking about there, you know, anybody that's used that that's had some success? Uh, yeah, we, I've, I've run into, you know, a few, a few clients who've used Noom. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly how the program is structured, but as you said, yeah, it's more of a psychology based, um, working on people's relationship with food, um, and, and maybe, uh, allowing them a little bit more flexibility, 
Um, I have heard that it's not exactly the most customized um, program. That it, more cookie it, cutter. it is a little bit cookie cutter with some of the feedback that I've gotten, but I have had people tell me that they did see some benefit from it. Uh, it sounds like it might be almost more of like entry level, um, like maybe somebody who's not quite ready for real, like one-on-one mm-hmm. personalized coaching, but they need a little, little bit of help or they want to, you know, dip their toes in uh, a little bit. Um, so, uh, as far as how sustainable the changes people have made are, that is kind of up for debate. But I have had some some experience with yeah, it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard I've heard a couple of people talk about it, and that they, you know, like a, a husband wife, like a wife was on it, husband wasn't, you know, wife or sorry, both of them were on it, and the, and the wife did really well on it, and found you know that it was really helpful for her, and husband, you know, not so much. And again, I think it's based on. Yeah. So we're just going back to the individual individuality of all this. It's kind of based on personal personal needs, but I do in in personality types and you know capability and awareness, all of that that plays in. But uh, you know, I, I think the 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 big takeaway there is is it's it's AI generated stuff. It's very I don't you know we've used the word cookie cutter. Let's just say it's more algorithmic yeah. versus working on your personal things or very very personal things. Yes, you're going to answer a questionnaire and it's going to dump some things in there. But again, it's it's just collecting that data into an algorithm and it's giving you giving you some feedback based on that. We we know how good at some algorithms can be, but again, you're an individual, and uh, that's something to keep in mind when we're looking at like if you have a specific goal or specific need, specific challenge. Uh, you know, those, these types of things may not work that best, that, that great for you. Um, but to, uh, to your point about dipping your toes in the water, I think a lot of people try and do that with nutrition. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go try this diet over here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go do whatever we've talked about these yeah. before. Like I'm going to go do keto, right? I'm, I'm going to go do that for a while. Right. And they do that. Pull a diet out of the hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something. Oh, right. Their friends doing it. Their, right? their friends are doing it. Susie's doing this diet down there. She lost fucking five pounds. I'm all over that shit. Right. And so I'm going to go down there. I'm going to do that for now. And so there's this back and forth and there's not there to your point, like they've subscribed to a tribe or to a particular diet and they haven't learned anything outside of how to do that very specific thing, whatever that is, um, assuming or, um, with assuming that that is going to be the thing that will, uh, solve their problem. Like they're versus trying to solve the problem on their own through their own path. Uh, and again, that's a, that's a much bigger task. Uh, but you know, again, if, if you're going to do that, then you, you need to have a higher level of awareness of what exactly you are doing so that you know a little bit better about what you exactly need to do to, to improve that. Uh, I think, you know, in, in terms of this, like what might be the best approach for you, there's, there's a lot of different things that tools that you can use to kind of figure out how to, how to make all this work for you. Um, and again, we mentioned the apps. There are some pitfalls with some of these apps, like MyFitnessPal. One of the functions on there in particular is where it basically counters your your movement for the day against mm-hmm. your total caloric intake. I would turn that function off, mm-hmm. right? So it says you have this many calories left based on the 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 uh, sorry the, the activity that we've calculated to do today. It's bad for a lot of reasons, uh, but a couple of them. One. It's making an estimation of your uh, if of your caloric burn for the day with very little data, and probably and again these are algorithms or actuated values that is putting in there that are probably not very accurate. I would stay away from that. It also doesn't build consistency because if you had an exercise day versus a non exercise day, your body still needs those calories, 
we can start adjusting calories later down the road in terms of cycling calories in and out. As you, that's a little bit more advanced technique. Cycling, yeah, from, cycling oh, yeah. calories, cycling macros. Macro cycling, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, most people, they, they're not ready for that. Mm-mm. I would turn that function off. Still want to track your activity in, in those apps, track your activity in there, it's fine, or, or connect it to your other wireless devices if they have your, like, your wearables and stuff. But I would stay away from that if you're, if you're getting on another tracking train. Just simply put in your... Put in your intake for the day. What's going in? Yeah. What's going in? And just, that's it. That's the goal. Like it, it, you know, it'll, it'll calculate for you. Like what your, um, uh, if you wanted to lose X amount of pounds and X amount of time, it's going to give you a caloric, a calorical. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's part of the profile setup. Don't even look at that to start. Like don't mess with that. Don't, again, there's, this is making assumptions. There's a lot of assumptions, probably some, pretty poor ones being made by the app. If you're in, again, when we're talking about recall and realities and things like that, if you're dumping numbers in, just track your damn food mm-hmm. and just see where it comes up. And it's really easy. I mean, the database there is so massive. You get, you, it's just like mm-hmm. typing in like a handle into uh, uh, like Instagram. You run mm-hmm. I get the, It'll get you the B and the E next. Yeah. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and I get all the different beef, you know, all the different mm-hmm. cuts, everything else. You just tap. Make sure you got the right numbers or the the right amounts. Again, measuring is a thing. Uh, we'll talk about that for a second. But and then um, you know the other the other part of it is is uh, what you'll find is you'll you're, you tend to kind of eat the same things. So you have functions in there that you can you know basically just pre-program a meal. Like this is the what I have every day for breakfast. So I don't have to put it in every day. I just choose that meal that goes in copy there. Copy and paste. Yeah. yeah, copy and paste it effectively. Mm-hmm. So there's ways it will. You, you will learn this as you get into there to make it more efficient. But going back, like it's going to take a little time. Yeah. So, so play with that. Um, get yourself a really cheap scale. Like I think we've got them laying around. We've got yeah. a couple at the house. We've got one here yeah, in the break room. Yeah. I think we got them from Target. They're like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, 20 bucks. A digital yeah. scale, super mm-hmm. grams, ounces. It's as accurate as you need it to be. Yeah, it's exactly. You just, yeah. you know, and, and uh, you know, if, if it becomes a habit for you, it's like, <laughs> it's funny, we're... We, we grill most nights during the week. There's the proteins coming off the grill that we eat for lunches the next day or whatever. And CC's like, I, how much, how much, you, how much protein you need? She's like, I need five ounces and I'll cut, you know, cut the thing off and I'll stick it on. I'm pretty good at guesstimating. I was <laughs> yeah. like 5.5. Yeah. She's like, she looks at me, right? <laughs> I look at her. I go, okay. So I shave off a little bit. <laughs> it's 5.1. Okay. It's like when you're, it's like when you're at the, uh, at the butcher at the, uh, at the grocery store yeah. or whatever. And yeah, let me get three quarters of a pound is, uh, is, is nine tenths of a pound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not actually. No. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's turned into a little bit of a game, but you're going to want to do that if you're trying to be a little bit more accurate. But, uh, you know, again, otherwise you're just dumping guesstimates into the thing. And in which case, like that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, you want to be as accurate as you can. The whole point of tracking and doing the work is to have a really high level of understanding of what it is you are in, and are, you aren't doing. Do that for three to five days, maybe longer, and then have a look at your history and kind of see where you are. There's a lot of information you can glean from doing this. Those habits, that awareness, that mindfulness. Oh, shit, I'm having way more glasses of wine per week than I oh, was giving myself yeah. credit for. And a glass for me is like, each glass is more like two glasses because <laughs> I've got those ridiculous, you know. Uh, cartoon size. Yeah, cartoon yeah. size glasses at home, whatever. Uh, you, you, you can do that. There's other tools. We have the um, the TDEE guide. That is the um, your total daily energy um, expenditure guide. How to calculate that. Also how to calculate out, you know, some estimated macro 
uh, um, ratios for you, depending on what your goal is. We've given you some stuff. If you go to rdfguides.com, you can find that there. Um, if you go to, um, RDF train online, or when you get to the guides page, if you just go there, just go up to the menu and look at, uh, look at, uh, the different nutrition coaching services that we have. You could get involved in a couple different ways. If you are a DIY type of person, uh, but you need some structure and you're like a problem solver, you like, you like solving things for yourself. Uh, and you've maybe done some tracking, you have a little bit more history, you know, with your diet. So there's a little bit higher level of awareness than, you know, maybe you check out our Feel You program, which it's a 30-day program. That that program allows you to work through at your own pace. We call it a 30-day program. You could take as long as you need to to get through it. We just, you know, we're, we find that most people have the most success when they really commit to doing the daily work. And what that looks like is it's really four weeks. We give you a, um, a, a very, uh, a guide uh, that you, it's available like digitally or you could print it out. Uh, and there's video tutorials as you go through there with the different sections and think about it this way. We call it feel you like feel university or feel yourself. You're going to start in your first week. week we're going to talk about, you're going to, you're going to get into the history piece. Like what have I been doing? Where am I, and where am I now? And how do those things, you know, play into what I'm trying to do? And part of that is the tracking. So then we get into the math, right? So you go through history then you're going to get into a little bit of math uh, again, TDE, uh, macro calculation, you know, figuring out kind of what my, how these, how are the scales balancing here? And then you'll get into a little bit of, um, uh, of the science behind, okay, now that I have this stuff, how do I make it work for me? And then lastly, uh, you're going to get into the psychology and mindset, mindfulness piece and people are like, yeah, I don't really need that shit. It's probably one of the more impactful pieces of the program because now you have all of this stuff uh, and you're really motivated and you've gotten through, you know, a few weeks of this stuff and like, hey, you're probably feeling good and seeing some changes. Uh, <laughs> but what are you going to do? How are you going to feel in six months? You know, how are you going to feel in three more weeks when you start to run into little roadblocks and things like that? So yeah. feel you is that self-guided, uh, done for you slash do-it-yourself program, but it's really about solving for your own nutritional success kind of on your own. Um, and the, the last thing there obviously would be the one-on-one coaching that you can get on, involved with, which is for the, for that person that's like, look, I've done this before and I, I really need some specific direction here, or I don't have the bandwidth in my, my soul, my mm-hmm. brain, uh, or in my heart to get through this on my own. I know that I've tried this before and I need some specific help, in which case um, you can reach out and uh, we'd be happy to help you. So there's some free, you can get a free consultation. You don't have to be in studio for this either. Yeah, you don't have to be in studio. You can be anywhere in the world. Yeah, Stephen, Stephen will, uh, or you can schedule an appointment directly with Stephen, talk to you. and Let me know. We'll talk. Yeah, hopefully point <laughs> you in the right direction. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button leaving a review and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.